Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the final hour of power here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Liddell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock. Before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio, right now we go out to the BetQL guest hotline. This is where we find our pal Michael Phillips, the host of MP on the mic. You can catch him Monday through Friday each and every day, 10 to noon on 910 The Fan AM in Richmond. MP, how you doing, my man? My guy, what is good? Everything good here? Uh, get, we got uh, so AWOD hosts after me. Uh, uh, those mm-hmm. of you who know AWOD, you know, used to be, uh, uh, you know, producer for the junkies and, uh, I guess was their intern for a while, did stuff for them for a long time. Now he's got a show down here right after mine. Um, so he does his show live from a bowling alley here, River City Roll really? on Fridays. Okay. <laughs> uh, we've got we've got a showdown tomorrow. It's uh, it's a bowl off, uh, f- fighting for the pride. Uh, MP on the mic against Daywad Radio. Wow, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, very excited about this. Ten frames. We will finally settle once and for all. Uh, which radio host is the better bowler? Well, MP, let me ask you this. You kind of, you should have an upper hand. I'm assuming, well, I don't know what, what, what activities your kiddos like to get into. I'm assuming you and the fam go bowling every now and then, right? So, so we, we got a point-counterpoint here. Right? Uh-huh. The, the point is not, not only do I have kids, not only, you know, am I just a naturally gifted athlete, obviously, <laughs> uh, as evidenced by the fact that I'm in the sports radio business. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. Uh-huh. If you know anything about the Midwest now, we bowl like there's no tomorrow. Okay. Uh, summertime, wintertime, we went bowling all the time when I was a kid. Um, there was a time when I could hit 200. Uh, not regularly, but I could do it. Now, here's the counterpoint now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, it, it's been a lot of minutes, actually, like two decades since <laughs> I was that. Since, since that. Um, and Adam goes bowling every Friday when he's down there doing his show. Uh, so not only, okay. yeah, I've, I've got the experience factor, but he's fresh. He does this every single week. Uh, you know, I, get, I might have to loosen up the old muscles pretty quickly here. I'm about to say, man, that should be, that should be damn good content between the two of you. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, man. Adam, you, you know Adam from working with him before, and now you get to see him on a day-to-day basis. 
that kid does not lack confidence or energy. So I'm sure you will be in for the bowl off of your life, my friend. He, he's talking a great game. We'll see if he can back it up. Uh, I'm not talking a great game. I, I asked for pins and was denied in my request. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's straight oh, up. But that's not, I, I asked for a little something on the side, you know, a little, little something. Um, <laughs> he says he says he can spin it. You know how people like spin the ball mm-hmm. like the professionals do? I can't spin the ball. I, I just got to I just kind of roll it straight down there and hope good things happen. Um, but I, I'm going to find out tomorrow. I've never seen him roll. <laughs> I'm going to find out tomorrow how real this spin is. Yeah, it's going to get real tomorrow at River City Roll. Make sure you check out the fellas. <laughs> MP on the mic, 10 to noon, and then AWOD, noon to 3. I can't wait. Um, I can't also wait, Michael, for the team to hire a head coach. Talking about our Washington Commanders, we had two more seats filled in the NFL's coaching carousel this afternoon. Raheem Morris. Uh, going to Atlanta in a real shocker, uh, I would say, at, oh, excuse me, Mike, as it feels like, you know, Bill Belichick was the odds-on favorite for that job since it opened. And then we also saw Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales go to Carolina. And I love that move because I feel like what he's done uh, with Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield the last two seasons, you'd have to hope uh, that some of that quarterback whisper magic uh, can seep over into Carolina. It leaves Washington, though, Mike, in a very interesting situation. I saw the report earlier that they're going to bring in Dan Quinn for a second in-person interview, so I would, not reporting this, I'd consider him a finalist, but he's the only guy that you can really talk to right now. You have to wait to have a conversation with Mike McDonald. You have to wait to have another conversation with Anthony Weaver if you choose to do so. You got to wait to have another one with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. I say all that to say this, all this extra time that you got, MP, why in the hell can't Mike Vrabel get an interview? Why in the hell can't the hoodie get an interview? Hell, Pete Carroll's still trying to throw his name out there. Not saying Boy, you have I, to concede anything to him, MP, but at least find out more about yourself from three guys that are damn seasoned and damn good at their jobs. Yeah, we, you know, I, I think the Belichick thing's intriguing because it did feel like such a given yeah. that he was going to Atlanta. Not, not that you wouldn't. I agree with everything you just said. Of course you want him in the building. Of course you want to watch film with him. Of course you want to pick his brain. But it also did. We may have lost MP there for a second. Technical issues happen all the time here in radio. But look, I I hear Mike's vantage point on this. And I think what he's getting ready to get into here, it feels like to me at least, For both Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel, we know the caveat that surrounded those two guys. The big caveat was, yeah, they're good coaches to have in your building, but how much power, how much power are they going to have? And I think that matters, especially for Bill Belichick, who has shown just zero ability to pick talent here over the past decade plus. And then in the case of Mike Vrabel, I don't know what he's asking for, but we know the reason why things went south for him in Tennessee is because you got in a power struggle. What what I was getting there, what I was getting to with Mike there is that just because you bring Belichick and Vrabel in doesn't mean you're conceding personnel moves to him. Sometimes you just bring a guy in for the sake of bringing him in. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder with the Belichick front, if you know him losing out in Atlanta, and that that did feel like such a given for so long, mm-hmm. if if that's indicative of maybe him making too big of an ask there, I don't know that. Um, but you know the fact that that fell apart and how quickly that fell apart, um, 
was he making too big of an ask of Atlanta? Too much power, too much authority. That doesn't bode great for him being in the league at all, right? Because you're talking about his two options here, right? He can be a defensive coordinator somewhere, uh, or he can sit out a cycle. And sitting out a cycle, you you fall out of people's minds quickly, and and that's just another knock against you when we come back in next year. His options next are very fascinating. Um, I am surprised the Carroll thing was so well orchestrated, right, with like him going to mm-hmm. senior management, that knocking back on that door I think is fascinating, especially because you got to go through the Seahawks to get to him still. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's talking time. Talk, right. talk to some people, <laughs> get some plans. Uh, Dan Quinn makes a ton of sense from that perspective. Now, I, I do think I'm not going Chris Russell level hard with, like, Dan Quinn is the best head coach ever. Uh, Boy, hold, you know, hold on, just, MP. Hold on, MP. I got to defend my dog on this one. That's not what he was saying. It it's just, not what he was saying. I know. I get you. You're, you're, you're busting his chops. But I hear you. I'm, bust, I'm busting <laughs> his chops. But, but you know, he, if he goes back to his day job, it's that your your primary rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he schemed for you twice. That's certainly a guy you want to hear from. So the, the games within the game are always fascinating this time of year. And we don't know. Maybe they requested Belichick and, and Bill said, look, I'm I understand I'm not a serious candidate here. I'm not going to waste everybody's time by doing the prep work coming in. I don't know if you would have said that or not, or if you know it's a courtesy to him to not ask him to do that prep and come in and interview, knowing he probably wasn't a serious candidate here. Um, but I, I, I do find that leg of it very fascinating. It also, Raheem Morris was my second pick here. Yeah, mine you know, well. If the Ben Johnson thing fell through. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'll love me some Raheem Morris. He's now off the board. I don't think Ben Johnson will fall through, but it certainly puts more pressure on them to finish that deal. Yeah, and what it seems like, based on all the reporting out there, is that they are going to eventually close yeah. this deal with Ben Johnson. And I want to talk a little bit more about what that could possibly mean for this group, Mike, and some potential reservations that I have, if I'm being honest with you. I'll raise you this. The one – the one thing that gives me pause on Ben Johnson is the analogy I use is, man, you know, he's been getting a lunch pack for him every day. He's got avocado toast. He's got boiled eggs. His mom is <laughs> ironing his drawers. He's pressing the T-shirt for him. There it's different when you got all that talent that Detroit has when you're calling plays. Do you worry about Ben when he gets to a situation and how he's able to adapt with lesser talent? Well, that's your Eric, that was your Eric Bieniemy question this year, yeah. right? I mean, uh, how how would he do when he didn't have Patrick Mahomes when he wasn't coaching number fifteen? And uh, you know, look, I I'm not even going to give you the, a definitive verdict on that. You'd be <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, they they lost games. He was bad. On the other hand, like, of course they lost games. That team stunk. Like, right. you know, you, you can't you can't pin a hundred percent of that on Eric Bieniemy, right? And so that's the question we'll ask next year, Ben Johnson, right? Like, how much of it is him? How much of it has just the, the cupboard being completely left bare here at so many key positions, right? Like, you can't rebuild this offensive line this no. offseason. <laughs> it's just like all the money, all the draft picks cannot build you a functional offensive line in one year. The, the teams that do it do it over a period of years. And so no matter what happens, no matter which quarterback they get, no matter which direction they go, they are going to need multiple cycles of bringing guys in and developing guys up to get them going well enough so he can call the offense he wants to call. Now, the one thing I love about Ben Johnson is not his offensive play-calling acumen, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that everybody loves playing for him, right? And that's that's why you love having Adam Peters here, too. For so mm-hmm. long, this has been a destination people try to avoid. Uh, you got to make it a place people want to go, make Washington a place 
people want to play, a team people want to play for. Uh, I just think that's really important. I think he's the guy to push them in that direction. Yeah, that's the hope, right? I, I say it all the time. I believe I said it with you earlier this week when I joined your show. I'm all in on whatever Adam Peters and Josh Harris wants to do because for the entirety of my lifetime, just 26 years of age, this franchise has been run like a third-world country. There has not been the continuity between the most three important entities in the organization, talking about head coach, uh, ownership, and your general manager. So I'm happy that we're finally doing things the right way, Mike. That being said, that being said, when, when we bring on Ben Johnson, and Ben Johnson is hired, and I'm, I'm asking you to look ahead a little bit, put on your look into your crystal ball, so to speak. When he gets here, do you think he has a preference as to what type of quarterback he wants to run this offense? Because that's the big hot button discussion that we'll have, Mike, over the next couple of months: Jaden Daniels versus Drake May. Absolutely, and I, look, don't don't push Caleb Williams out of this discussion well, yet. They're they're. Yeah. Cl- they're close enough to one mm-hmm. that if the Bears don't love him, they could go get him. That's all of you. If if the Bears want May or Daniels at the end of this process, this is the only team they can trade with. Right. Keep that in mind, right? If they go, do, if the Bears go do their homework. Now, I think the Bears will do their homework and draft Caleb Blake. Right. That is what I think <laughs> will happen. But if the Bears do their homework and say we really love May or Daniels, there's only one team they can trade with, and it's this team. Uh, so so I, I think that's something to keep in mind as the process plays out here. Uh, I don't think that will happen. I think they will I think they will draft Caleb Williams. Um, that said, I'm a Jane Daniels guy. I, yeah. there's, there's Drake May guys as well. I, I, and I respect that. There, this is not a, an easy decision by any stretch, there, you know, and, and not one with a correct answer, at least not one that we'll know for another five to ten years. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ben Johnson, you better believe he's going to have a preference, right? I, I can't imagine his preference right now is to be coaching Jared Goff, well. but he's doing the best he can with it. He's making the most of it. Um, so, you know, you, you hope. And here's the other big question I'll ask, and, and this is premature, mm-hmm. um, but, hey, we're talking. Um, whoever you draft, do you start them week one of this Ooh. year? Because I think you can make a case yeah. to not do that. Mike, I'll be honest with you, and I'm kind of peeling back the curtain in terms of the radio that I plan on doing the next couple of weeks. I'm adamant that that has to be the case, MP. Here's why. that The, the lack of competition at the most important position in the sport is really what's killed Washington at that position, it feels like, over the past four years. Each and every year, Ron has anointed somebody pre-training camp, lied about a competition, and you know the rest of the results. You cannot repeat uh, the mistakes of the person that came before you, Mike. I'm adamant on a quarterback competition, no matter who the hell it is. Oh, I'm just wondering if it would serve the rookie to sit for four weeks, six weeks, yeah. to, to acclimate and, and to not be thrown right into the NFL. I get what you're saying. and Certainly you've had rookies come in that are so good they play right away. Um, but, I'm, you know, I, and look, I say this with all due respect to the kid. But you, you, oh, what happens if you, you, you know, you put in Sam Howell and it turns out Sam Howell's awesome. Like, that's that's not top of my concern list. Now it's really, it's really not. Yeah, it's it's a bridge we'll cross when we get there, so to speak. Right, Michael Phillips, our friend <laughs> from nine ten, the fan AM in Richmond, joining us right now. You can give him a follow on the old X app at Michael P and RVA, and make sure you check out MP on the Mike weekdays ten to noon on nine ten, the fan AM in Richmond. You brought up something that was very interesting about quarterback competition and whether or not he should sit. 
I want to look at another angle of this Washington Commanders football team, Mike. We continue to talk about all the resources that they're flush with, five picks in the top 100, a litany of cap space. How do you expect them to use that cap space when it comes to their own talent here in-house? Several unrestricted free agents that I know a lot of fans probably may want to see back or may not want to see back. What do you think Washington should do with some of their key in-house free agents? Yeah, you got some really tricky decisions here, right? Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what I would do, but I'll also tell you, you, you some of these guys you don't really know, right? Because yeah. they, they, you know, especially on defense, they were so bad on defense, right. hard to separate. Like, did Cam Curl have a bad year, or is he a bad player, or was he in a bad system? I think Cam Curl's good. I think he's worth spending money on. Kendall Fuller, I would a hundred percent bring Kendall Fuller back. Yeah. Uh, now you got. You got other choices about trying to save cap money the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Charles Leno's at the top of that list. Do you cut Leno, save your eleven million or eight million or whatever it is in cap space? Logan Thomas is a, is a possible restructure cap casualty guy. You know, you got decisions the other way to free up some more money to bring the guys in you want to bring in. Uh, but yeah, it's a, some really tricky decisions that are coming up really fast. Um, you know, defensive end. Do you want two Hill and Smith Williams around just to provide a bridge, or do you just do you just, you know, get get rid of everybody and, and start over fresh? Like, money only takes you so far because the only guys you can sign are guys who come on the market at the end of the day. And, and you know, that is a limited selection of football players. So that's, that's definitely one of the trickier things they're going to have to navigate. Because yeah, you're talking sure. about, like, do you want to sign Cam Curl? Well, shoot, we weren't in the building with him. All we've got is this tape of them running this stupid system that Jack Del Rio <laughs> thought up. We don't know. We don't know what he's worth. Yeah. I think that's valid, especially with not just Cam Crow, but even some guys that are under contract on the team still. I look at a guy like a Benjamin St. Juice that fans out there are ready to write off because of a bad year. You think about how we were talking about BSJ the year before, Michael Phillips. His drop-off to me was one of the bigger storylines of the season. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here with, with Benjamin St. Juice, but what, what do you make of his outlook moving forward? And are you of my mindset to where I can't really – put too much stock into last year because, as you alluded to, the coaching was high school level. Dare I say JV. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and what's the thing we loved about Benjamin St. Juice? His length, the way he right. disrupts. He's not any he's not less lengthy. Like right. he didn't, his, his arm didn't shrink last year. Like, he's, <laughs> he's still got that. Um, you know, you're still – so you're asking yourself as the new coaching staff, is this guy going to have a really good year under us this year? And if he is – we want to sign him now at today's price and not pay the price everybody else in the league will pay after they watch him excel in our system right. for a year. Or is this is this a guy we're lukewarm on and, and we'll roll the dice and we'll see what's going on? I agree with you. You need some level of continuity somewhere along the roster. Um, part of the – yeah, I love Kendall Fuller. Mm-hmm. You know, just a guy who works hard, doesn't, doesn't talk a lot, just takes care of business out there. He's not a star in this league, but you need guys like that to make a complete team. Um, you know, if, if they want to bring in other guys that fit the scheme, I'd be fine with not giving St. Juice a contract. But if you can lock them up at a good price and you, th- you think you're going to get the most out of them, it's a very savvy investment. This tweet just came out from our pal, Nikki Javala of The Post. Ron Rivera, Matt Rule, and Frank Reich coached an average of 26 games apiece during David Tepper's ownership. Glad we're not <laughs> a franchise like that anymore, Michael Phillips. That, that wow. makes me feel good. That must be so rough to have a, a bad owner like that. I'm I can't say, even I, imagine. I'm about to say, yeah, I know nothing about that. It's something that's completely <laughs> foreign to me. Mike, I'll let you go on this, my friend. We've been talking 
all things burgundy and gold. I know you like to talk hoops a little bit as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the monumental decision that was made today uh, from Michael Winger and Will Dawkins? How about that? Yeah, there's just a little little quiet uh, slide out into the sunset. I actually <laughs> haven't checked the score in a minute. I saw they were oh, yeah, they're down uh, they were 15. Lo- yeah, of course. Yeah, yes, obviously. <laughs> um, I love the timing of that, right? Doing it in the middle of the back-to-back. So, like, it's, it's a story. Nope, they're playing basketball again. Everybody right. ignore this. Just, uh, just, just keep it moving on. Here's my concern, Linnell. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked this up today. At, at halfway point, 41 games into the season, mm-hmm. there were three teams that only had single-digit wins. Um, it was the Spurs, the Pistons, and the Wizards. Mm-hmm. In the, each of the last three years at the 41-game mark, cumulatively, there's only been one team that bad. Wow. I just, I fear that every, like, <laughs> there's too much tanking. Even yeah. tanking's not enough. Everybody's tanking now. Um, it's you know, crazy because like, this it, class MP, and it really isn't anybody to tank for. No, like yeah. th- this could very well be like one of the worst seasons in Wizards history, which is saying something, obviously. <laughs> and they're not going to get a great player to show for it. Like how Wizards is that? It is very Wizards, man. Hopefully they're able to do their homework in terms of their, their college scouting, which has been a issue to say the least uh, over the past couple of years. The draft is an interesting conversation, Mike, because you know it's always a crapshoot. I remember the Anthony Bennett year back in like 2013 where yeah. everyone thought he was the guy and he ended up sucking. There's going to be stars in each draft class. The thing that the Wizards stand to benefit from is if you have as many bites at the apple as possible, you're more likely to come away with one of these franchise-altering talents. Yeah, and look, that's why you didn't do the the. That's why the real coaching search hasn't started yet, right? You don't want the new coach to have the stink or whatever the second half of this season is. Yeah. Trade everybody, get as many second round picks as you can, load load them up, fire the guy. Remember when they traded a second round pick for cash a while back, <laughs> dude? There's so many wizards moments. I did wizards. It man. makes me feel good though that this current regime is not moving like that. Think about it; they got picks to take on Marvin Bagley, who. Looks yes. to me like one of the better reclamation projects in the league right now. Yes, that that, that is exactly it. And uh, by the way, shout out Will Hardy, who coaches the yeah. Jazz, is is has him up. Uh, Richmond guy. Ah, Will Hardy. That makes it, that makes don't. me feel good, man. I was hoping during that hiring cycle that maybe Will Hardy would end up. On, oh, on the there bench. you go. Yeah, we'll no, that, that's our guy down here. We'll see. MP, I appreciate you giving me some time as always. What do you got on the docket for tomorrow morning? Oh man, I, I don't, we're probably could talk about bowling for two hours. No, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm fired up about this Bill Belichick thing. Uh, we got big, big basketball this weekend down yes, here on the A10, the old A10. I know you got some A10 action up there with Mason and G Dub, uh, but VCU and the University of Richmond both humming along. So I'd say, you know, we may we may turn over to some some college hoops tomorrow. Yes, uh, it should be a fun program. I don't know what you're doing the rest of the night. Turn over to ESPN, Michael Phillips, if you want to watch good hoops. LSU hosting number one South Carolina. It's a doozy, my friend. I I just say this, Don Staley. That's my girl right <laughs> yes, there. Like, I wait, if she's coaching a team, I want to watch that team play. And I don't have the time of day for Kim Mulkey. She can get over herself. <laughs> I ride with Don Staley. I dig it. MP, appreciate you giving us some time, my man. We'll do it again soon. All right, take care, dude. That is Michael Phillips, ladies and gentlemen, simply the best. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Michael P in RVA for the latest on Richmond as well as your Washington Commanders. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll keep things on the Washington Wizards. More reaction to the seismic move they made this morning. Wes Unsell Jr. transitioned into the front office. 
Brian Keefe named the interim head coach of your Washington Wizards. More coming up next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Big shout out to our pal Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times. Oh, not of the Richmond Times. Dispatch. Wow, that's awkward. Of 910, the fan AM in Richmond. You can catch MP on the mic Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. He joined us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Appreciate him giving us some time. When he gets you up to speed on game one of the Brian Keefe era, the Utah Jazz coming to Washington on the second half of a night, or the second half of a back-to-back, putting the belt to the carcass of the Washington Wizards. 123-108 uh, was the score. A couple of box score news and notes for you. The leading scorer for the Washington Wizards, Kyle Kuzma, efficient night uh, from the field, 12 of 24. He finishes with 26 points, five assists, six rebounds. High man off the bench, Starvin Marvin Bagley, 14 points in just 16 minutes. Post-trade deadline, I expect him to get a lot more minutes because I don't know whether Daniel Gafford will be around much longer. But as we get ready for, for February 8th and we get geared up for that, Say your goodbyes. I expect a fire sale at the trade deadline for the Washington Wizards. If Will Dawkins and Mike Winger are serious about acquiring assets and future draft capital, this trade deadline, uh, no better time to do it. Kyle Kuzma uh, is going to draw a major interest. Daniel Gaffer going to draw a major interest. Tyus Jones going to draw a major interest. So if you're the Washington Wizards, may not be a bad decision to pick up the phone and get yourself some first-round picks. Uh, in return. The Wizards will have the next couple of nights off before they return to the Harwood. I believe it's Saturday night as they travel to Detroit to take on the Pistons. So they'll probably have an opportunity at winning a basketball game. I talked about it 
at the end of my conversation with Michael Phillips, the best college basketball game of the season taking place right now, LSU, number nine in the country, hosting number one, South Carolina, 820 left to go in the fourth quarter. It is a five-point LSU lead. Baltimore's own Angel Reese leading all scores with 15 points. We'll see what she does to close this thing out. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll let you hear from Michael Winger and Will Dawkins of Monumental Sports Network on the big move to replace Wes Unseld Jr. That's next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to CBS Sports Radio. Right now, I want to let you hear from Will Dawkins and Mike Winger, the voices of Monumental Basketball, giving their explanation as to why they moved on from head coach Wes Unseld Jr. Take a listen. I'm wondering if either of you could just address the timing of the change, obviously, mid-season, but also in the middle of a back-to-back. I wonder why um, that there's kind of an air of urgency about this. The, um, the first thing, I just I want to make sure that we thank Wes for what he's contributed to this organization in his two and a half years here as our head coach. We are we're a better organization because of Wes. Our players are individually better because of Wes. Uh, in the six or seven months that Will and I have been here, we're better because of Wes. And um, I'm really grateful that he was here. And I'm particularly grateful that he, he'll he take some, some time and decide the uh, extent of the role that he would like uh, in, with us in the front office. We'll have those conversations at a later date. But um, 
his his interest in coming back and our interest, our, our strong desire in having him back is sort of a testament to his value to the organization. And so I, I, I really want to make sure that I'm uh, representing how important he is to us. Um, as it relates to the timing piece, the calculus really didn't even include back-to-backs or what, what game number we are at or anything like that. It was a matter of um, inputs and outputs for us. Um, we preached patience at the beginning of the year. That was a function of uh, an eventual return to hyper-competitive basketball. That was really the patience piece. There was no sense of urgency right now. Nothing, nothing really occurred. Um, Will and I met with Wes often, and we talk. You know, we talk basketball a lot. We talk about the team. We talk about the competitiveness of the team, player accountability, joy, um, our principles, and. It just it, it sort of became clear clearer um, that there was just this this sustained mm, something less than our most competitive selves, and it was it just you just kept feeling it and seeing it, and Wes did too. I mean, he he, he saw it, he knew it, he felt it, and he gave it everything he had. Um, you know the team that he inherited from from us this season is significantly different than the teams he had the last couple of years. The job he took two years ago is different than the one he had this year, and I mean he left it all out there, in my opinion. And the timing, I, it, it just didn't register. I don't want to say it didn't register. It, it was not part of the calculus of where we were in the season, the number of games remaining, back to back. It was just. You know, we had a conversation last night, which we do often, and it was just one of those where it's like, man, like, how are we going to get better? How are we going to sort of ratchet up the dial on competitiveness? And we came to the conclusion that the fellas just need to hear a new voice. And that was irrespective of the timing. The kind of marching orders you guys both had expressed was it was going, this season was going to be about really individual improvement and, and getting better because you knew that the record was not going to necessarily be a winning record, but you could find value in guys getting better. It, a lot of guys have gotten better. Um, and so I wonder how you kind of weigh that against the lack or the lack of consistent competitiveness that you saw because individually, player A, player B, player C are getting better, are being more consistent in their output, but it's obviously not leading to wins. Well, we needed both. Um, we needed the individual improvement, and you're absolutely right. A lot of our players, if not all of our players, have gotten better. Um, all credit goes, well, I don't say all credit, but the credit for that is split among a small group of people, particularly the athletes themselves, Wes, our coaching staff, our player development team, and then Will and the player development group. Um, but yes, our players are individually getting better. It is a team game. And so our basketball team has to get better. They have to play competitive team basketball. Um, to your point about wins and losses, um, you know, we talk internally a lot about we can tolerate uh, losing a game in which we were competitive for 48 minutes. Uh, we can tolerate losing a basketball game where we see the team improving as a collective. In the absence of 48 minutes of competitiveness in the absence of um, collective team basketball progress over the course of time, 
irrespective of the individual improvement, we have an issue to address. And that's sort of how that conversation unfolded. Yeah. Um, before I kind of answer that, I think I need to at least address how um, thankful I am for Wes as well. When it's your first time in this role in a new city, a new environment, and you have someone like Wes and his contributions, um, you're, you're really grateful for that. And I, I am. Um, his collaboration is up there with any head coach I've worked with. And I think he takes some great pride in the player development program that you mentioned. When you are at the forefront of what we're trying to do and you build those first bricks and you put those down and eventually years down the line you see what those become, uh, you take pride in that. Um, and we have a lot of pride in knowing that he's still going to be working with us in the front office, uh, identifying those things and helping us get to where we want to go. But it is a, a team sport. It's not golf. It's not tennis. It's not become great individuals. And there's things stylistically that we want to see on the court. Um, specifically, we, we know our energy wasn't always there. We know our competitiveness was not always there. And defensively, there were nights that were unacceptable. And those are things that we want to continue to work on. And we think that a fresh voice right here, right now is what we need. And also for the betterment of the future. And we're intentional, we're deliberate. These conversations are never easy. No one likes to have them. Um, no one likes to have days like this, but we talked about it and we feel it's what's best for the organization. And the plan is still the plan to move forward with that. This is for both of you. What is reasonable in terms of the amount and type of improvement you expect from now until the, re the end of the season? What's your reasonable expectation? Yeah, I think I'll take it back to the first day we got here. We, we talked about walking in and assessing where we're at. We're going to assess and we're going to evaluate everything we do. And with that, we've set metrics and measures throughout the year. A lot of those things are internal. Some things have been hit. Some things have not. Those are going to continue to be those main things and drivers for us. Our players are aware of them. We've met with them. Uh, there'll be a, a influx in accountability and owning that we all are our record right now, and we all need to be better. And I think you'll see that show up in a, in a spirit and in a way you compete that will handle some of those internal metrics. Question for Will. Um, Brian Keefe, what does he bring, and what do you hope to see from the team with him in charge? Yeah, I would say... With Brian, it was a natural shift. Wes hired a really good staff, and he hired Brian this summer to be his lead assistant. It's a natural shift to slide over um, into that chair. Obviously, I was familiar with Brian before I got here, so I know some of his strengths as a player development coach individually. I think he'll be able to kind of tie some of those things you see with the player development, but also enforce those on the court, become a, a more defensive-minded team. I know he was in charge of the defense at a few different places. So I think you'll see a more defensive mindset. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's the strength of our staff. I think Brian will unlock the group that we have around him. Mike Miller will move from behind the bench um, and fill the spot vacant on the front of the bench for assistant coaches. So we'll have a lot of years of expertise with Mike Miller, David Vanderpool, Joseph Blair to help support. And guys behind the bench that can rally and pump more juice into the building. And we really challenge them to experiment and try new things. This is a season of discovery for the Wizards right now. We want to try stylistically new things to do defensively, new ways to play offensively. And the goal is you stumble on something that two, three, four years down the line is changing the way basketball is played. And with that mindset, that optimism, we think we have the experience in the coaching room to make sure we can do that. Uh, how long has this decision or this process been stewing? 
talk all the time. I, 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 I mean, there's been no stew. Um, we talk to Wes, with Wes, with the staff, the players, I mean, all the time. It, it's just we're a very collaborative group, and I don't mean Will and I as the group. I mean all of us as the group, and we talk about it a lot. You know, Wes has raised concerns uh, over the last many weeks. We've raised concerns, and those concerns have just, like, they all have the common thread of competitiveness, um, accountability, and joy. And so, I mean, I, I, I can't reflect back on a date when, you know, our conversations shifted from, you know, rotations to competitiveness or, you know, which hotels are we going to stay in to competitiveness. Like, I, I don't remember when those conversations shifted, but... You know, we've been addressing the competitiveness piece for a while and sort of taking it back to Josh's question, um, you know, what are we looking for the remainder of the season? Uh, a lot of it's not measurable. It's, it, it is hard to measure competitiveness. It is hard to measure watching the fellas play with, with joy and intent. Um, those are difficult to measure. There is sort of a, um, like a visceral response to a competitive basketball game and a different visceral response to an uncompetitive basketball game. And I think that it's the fewer of those types of responses we have to an uncompetitive basketball game, that might be a measure. Um, but I mean, from a timing perspective, we're always evaluating every single facet of the organization that we're responsible for. And so I mean, day one, I guess, or two weeks ago. Like, I, I just don't know the date. Yeah, I would think. I would just say to follow up on that, um, everything we've talked about when we talked about coming in and assessing where we're out and evaluating, it, we're evaluating the process, not necessarily outcomes of how things happen. And when you have those conversations every single day, you can see when they're starting to fray or not necessarily adding up. And our dialogue with our players, our dialogue with our staff, um, head coach, front office, like it's it's pretty strong here. And that's the culture that Michael wanted when we got here. And I think when you have honest conversations, you reflect and sit down and you can realize that where's the process going? How do we get it back on track? And we have almost half the season left. I think there's 39 games starting with tonight. That's a lot of time to impact change and give us momentum into the next season. So we don't take that for granted. But we also were intentional and didn't want to rush a decision. We wanted to really give Wes a chance and get to this point, and that's where we're at. Last question to Josh. If you're evaluating, oh. if you're evaluating competitiveness and, and uh, spirit, uh, how much of the responsibility for that not measuring up so far is on the players? Doesn't, doesn't, don't a those? Lot. And they know it, Josh. I mean, these are conversations we have with them. Um, they know it. We, we've, we met with them today. Um, there's not a single player in that locker room happy with this outcome. Um, they, every single one of them raised their hand as, you know, when the question was asked, who in this room is it, who, who in this room is responsible for this? Every single player raised their hand. Um, they know it. Always good hearing from Mike Winger and Will Dawkins. That is going to do it here for this Thursday night edition of Overtime. If you want to keep the conversation going with me on Twitter, it's very simple. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Same place, same time tomorrow night right here on The Fan, 630 to 10. We got Overtime. CBS Sports Radio coming up next. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.